Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? I am Iron Man. I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. How'd you do it? Defeat an empire with almost nothing. We had each other. That's how we won. It's the Avengers. The Earth's mightiest heroes. Like Kevin Bacon? He may be on the team, I don't know. I haven't been in a while. Ago. Everybody in this room is about that superhero life. Our secrecy is our survival. Our survival is our strength. You got me now. Ain't no thing. Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye. I have spoken. Folks, welcome back to a action-packed episode of Movie Punditry. Got a lot on the docket. How are you, Mr. Mahoney? Mr. Mahoney's doing good. Very, very good. Okay. I am well, so let's get into it. Um, we have some... some f- I want to say a lot of folks, but I'll say one former Black Widow has voiced her displeasure in the form of a lawsuit with the the House of the Mouse. Um, She's filed a lawsuit, I guess, saying that she missed out on wages due to the Disney Plus release of Black Widow. Is is it more than that, or that's pretty much the gist of it? Yeah, I guess that's uh, pretty much it. Um, um, I'm assuming she had uh, a fair amount of back-end uh, which means that you know she was, she probably had money or, uh, you know, extra fees or bonuses or whatever due to her, based on the uh, amount of box office that the film did, and obviously um, with the film on uh, Disney Plus Premier Access, the box office was less than they anticipated. So she is saying that. She could have made more money had they not changed the plans. And also, apparently, it was directly in her contract that the film would get an exclusive theatrical release, which it clearly did not. So she's uh, also dealing with that. So, you know, I'm no lawyer, no paralegal. Um, this sounds like an open and shut case, if I'm not wrong. Like, is there something I'm missing? Unless, I mean, we don't have all the details of the contract, but... Yeah, Pretty I mean, much. it's not, nothing's open and shut because we haven't, you know, you and I haven't read the contract, so we don't know what exactly is in there, what exactly is not in there. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, while I get her point and I understand what she's doing, I think this could have probably been better handled with a negotiation rather than going straight to lawsuit. Um, from what I understand, what is in her contract is that she's required to go to arbitration and she skipped that step and went right to, an, uh, right to a lawsuit. So that might become a problem for her. Uh, you would think her lawyer would have brought this up, right? You would, you would think. Um, so unless there's a, a reason that they're doing this other than strictly a financial, you know, if they're trying to make a point, if the, you know, She's kind of uh, being the front person for something that the union is trying to do because uh, Gabriela Carteris, you know, was very quick with statements um, and strange statements either as well. You know, she was talking about how this is like uh, sexism and, and which doesn't make any sense. Disney would have done this to anybody. You know, they did it to the rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's that's a ridiculous argument. Um, I mean, I can see their point, but, you know, on the other hand, Disney has canceled any projects that they had with Scarlett Johansson. Um, they've announced that they're not going to be making, that they will not make movies with her anymore. Um, you know, and when you've, uh, alienated, you know, arguably the largest studio in the world, uh, that's maybe not the best idea. But, I mean, I think anything can be rectified, right? Yeah, I mean, 
you know, eventually, I'm sure they'll come to terms, but. For right now, it's all on pause. Yeah. Yeah, they've, they announced that they're canceling. I guess they were developing a Tower of Terror movie with her. They've announced that that's canceled. Um, and what I guess whatever else they had going forward. But, uh, hey, I guess it's uh, lucky for them they got a new Black Widow, so. It, it, it all worked out very, very all, convenient. All's good in the hood. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we don't know what's in the contract. A part of me is like, eh, there's a pandemic going on. You kind of had to expect this. The other side, it. So, do you think there was anything that said she'd get a cut of the streaming profits, or do you think that might have been negotiated? Probably, probably not um, at the time. You know, I mean, they would have written this contract a few years ago. Yeah. So, um, I, I would doubt very much that they had anticipated anything like this. And, you know, but, but like Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins did with Wonder Woman, I mean, there's always room for renegotiation. Yeah. There's always room to go back and not, you know, not do this this way. Burn a Um, bridge? Burn a, burn a a fairly substantial bridge, you know, kind of get, you know, have all this, you know, aired out in, uh, in, in public. Um, shut down any opportunity to actually probably get some money. So, um, who knows? And it's not like she's not exactly like the nickel and dime I mean, she made like $20 million up front on this thing. So, Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe she just felt she had to stand her ground. Yeah, I think this is probably more along the lines of like drawing a line in the sand when it comes to the idea of streaming um, and these day date releases, which, you know, a lot of people don't like, especially people who have vested interest in box office. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great for the fans. I, I get where those folks are coming from, but you can't beat it. I think it's staying in line with that. Didn't Warner brothers say for 2022, Everything would go to the theater, and then forty days. Forty five, yeah, days. yeah, yeah. They they're negotiating a forty five day exclusive theatrical window, um, which is shorter than it was pre pandemic. Um, what was it pre pandemic? I, I think it was ninety days. I think, um, before it's available to other other markets. But to be fair, I mean, forty five days is enough. I think it's plenty. First of time. three weeks is enough. Yeah, you've made you know you've made your money at that point. Because how many movies have legs past forty five days? Not a lot anymore. You know. Yeah, I think that's plenty of time. And I think yeah, and I think that's a probably a a a pretty fair balance. You know, uh, the people who don't want to spend the money to go see the movie or don't want to sit in a movie theater or whatever, you know, they can wait forty five days. You know, a month and a half is not the big deal. Even those of us who, like, we will go to the movie and watch the movie in the theater, and then maybe instead of seeing it again in the theater, we'll just wait the month and a half and, you know, watch it at home. Like, I know for myself, if I don't see it in the first two weeks, it's a good chance I'm not going to go see it. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same way. You know, if I don't if I don't see it, you know, like you said, like in the first two weeks, probably even the first week, then I'm just going to wait for it to get released, you know, home video anyway. And so, this is this is this is. I mean, that's that's fine. It's a benefit, you know, for me because there are some movies that I will want to go see in the theater. Like right um, now, I'm on the fence of seeing Shang Chi in the theater. Yeah, I, that's September, that's what next week, right? September third. Okay, two weeks. So, is that going to be premiere access or? It said so far, all I've seen is theaters only. Okay. I don't know if things get really bad that they pivot. But as of right now, I'm on a fence. Like, eh. Like, it looks good, but it doesn't look like, wow, I need to go see this. Um, I'm trying to think. Would I have thought suicide? 
and this is going to bring us into our next topic. I think I would have went to the theater to see Suicide Squad if it wasn't on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, speaking of, oh my fault, The Suicide Squad, what did you think of it? Um, I liked it. I liked it better than the other one. Um, the first... I don't think that was difficult at all. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a granted. It's a low bar. It's, I mean, it's what what I I think what I really like about it is it is very much a James Gunn movie, and mm-hmm. I like the fact that they were apparently, you know, obviously fairly hands off, and letting him do what he does um, in making this movie. Um, you know, kind of the absurdism, kind of the, you know, the hyper violence and the, you know, um, everything that kind of went along with it. The other thing that I really, really liked in it is the fact that they actually gave Viola Davis something to do. Yeah. You know, she was a very kind of one note dour character in the first movie. And to see her kind of leaning into the comedy a little bit, I thought that was great. I like that, like you said, I don't think you, you don't bring in this director to handcuff him. And it was much more violent than I thought it was going to be. Granted, I knew it was, okay, it's got rated R. I didn't think it was going to be half as violent as it was. And I felt something for these characters. This movie had heart. This yeah, movie it did. made Absolutely. me give a damn about these characters. And so one thing I would, me and my wife were talking about as I'm watching it. I'm like, there is literally no difference between Bloodsport and Deadshot. And I don't know at what point they decided that Idris Elba wasn't. Because remember the, the initial reports were that he was going to play Deadshot. Then it was, you know, well, it's not that Will doesn't want to come back. There's some scheduling things going on there. And they gave him the, the Bloodsport character. And you look at it, the only difference is he's a worse, he's a bad dad. But other than that, it's the same character. But I gave a damn more than I did about Deadshot. And I, and I really liked Will Smith. He wasn't a problem with the original Suicide Squad. It, it wasn't him. But just, I don't know. I don't want to say. Maybe at this point in his career, Idris Elba is a better actor. But it wasn't like he was going outside of characters he's already played. It seemed similar to other people he's portrayed. But it was really good. You know, it was. I have no problems with this movie at all. Like, even the, there was a scene, the, that middle part with Harley and when she kills that the dictator. At first, I was like, oh, are they trying to just give us more Harley, like to give her something to do? But no, even that scene made sense. That scene played a, a purpose. Um, they the swerve with the the first team going in. And I'm sorry, folks, there's heavy spoilers here. I should have said that before. The swerve with the first team going in and instantly getting taken out was great. Yeah, and it was kind of, you know, at some point, like, I mean, I was looking forward to watching, like, Michael Rooker in this. Me too. You know, as the think, no, not the thinker, what was his character? I do not remember. I don't remember. Um, Killing birds with tennis ball guy. <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, to see... Um, to see, you know, that kind of turn, I haven't, you know, I haven't really, because they, they were using like those characters to kind of, um, like promote the movie. Yes, they were. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you saw like ads and you saw like trailers with, you know, Michael Rooker in it with Pete Davidson in it, you know, with the weasel, um, and you know, to have them like kind of whacked out in the in the very beginning, it was kind of just like, what the what the heck is going on here? You know, it's yeah. just like, and then you know, is this like a it's just like a fantasy? Is this like a flashback? Is this like an alternate universe? Is this like uh you know whatever? And it's like, nope, this is just yeah, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, they're all dead. Savant's oh Savant, that was it. Savant's yep. dead, and and you know. Blackguard's dead and and TDK's dead and you know that was uh it was, it was a pretty interesting switch and even um remember how the original they were like the cuts the flashbacks and the cuts 
but they just felt off and disjointed. And this one, they weren't. Right. They didn't feel off. They didn't feel disjointed. It didn't take me out of what was going on in the present scene. And his use of transitions, like using like garbage and stuff to state where they were at and and what time it might have been. This was a comic book movie. And somebody made a good point. It didn't feel like it was afraid to be a comic book movie. One of the issues with those Fox X-Men movies, the early ones, they didn't. it seemed like they were ashamed that they were making comic book movies. Yeah, they were like just oh, we're gonna try to make like a serious drama. This this like reminded me more of like Deadpool. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like that kind of tone, that kind of just kind of tongue in cheek. You know, making jokes and irreverent and and hyper violence and and all that stuff. Like it, it would just kind of have like more of that kind of an attitude than, um. You know, than you would see with uh, you know the early Marvel movies or any of the any of the Marvel movies, really. So, then this leads us to the bigger question going forward. This other thing too is: is this part of the DCEU? Is this a one-off, a DC multiverse story, or is it? Did, did anybody come out and say what it was? No, I don't. I I I've. I'm looking at this like this is kind of a standalone movie or this is maybe like the Harley Quinn verse, you know, Um, but I think they're kind of pulling it back out of the DCU. I mean, yeah, we had. You had Rick Flagg. Yeah, we had Ben Affleck in the first one, you know, but I'm saying like it's certain to crossover. Yeah, like you had Ben Affleck in the first one. You had, you know, Jared Leto in the Snyder Cut. You know, so there's a little bit of kind of bleeding over there, but I don't, I don't think it's too heavy a bleed. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just, this is kind of its own thing. Yeah, it's kind of sits on the tail of the, the other movie, and it sits on the tail of Harley Quinn, and those aren't really connected to the DCU movies, which don't really exist, I guess, anymore. Um, except maybe Aquaman does. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who knows at this point? I, and I remember I texted you. I was like, look, I say outside of the big three, you, you, you might want to just let this dude do whatever he wants with your stuff. Like, it hasn't worked out all that great the way you were doing it before. Maybe they've turned a corner. And I, I think they have turned a corner with their with their thought process on how they make these movies. Um, I, we've, I think we've all seen the pictures of the Ben Affleck stunt double on the on the motorbike for the Flash, which just from the leaks, it looks like it's going to be good. Like, granted, they could go in and edit the hell out of it, and who knows what we'll get. But I like the thinking. Like, okay, bring Ben back, bring Michael Keaton back, and if the thinking is it's all connected somehow, some way in the multiverse thing, dope, cool. Let that be your thing. We're just going to make a bunch of movies. We might drop a name reference here and there. That's how they're connected. We might not ever do a team up. Well, let's just make good movies, which to me probably should have been their goal all along, because yeah, pre exactly. us, pre them trying to be a, a cinematic universe, they made decent movies. The Dark Knight trilogy is very good. Superman Returns was meh. I still think Man of Steel is phenomenal. I'll plant my flag on that hill. Just do your thing. Make your good movies. Who cares what's going on down in Florida? And I hope they've learned their lesson. Um, I saw some reports that Taika might do something with them. Cool. Even better. Bring in as much diverse directors as you want and do whatever you want with it. You don't have to be Marvel. Like, I was very happy to see that this didn't feel anything like an MCU film. And they don't have to be. No, and and I think you're right. They they've you know they have. Um, I think they've they've kind of said, all right, let's let's let our filmmakers be filmmakers, and do what they do. And you know, there's a reason that you bring them in, mm-hmm. you know, and and so let them do what they do. Let them be the filmmakers that they are. 
and see what they give us, you know, and clearly, um, you know, this worked, I think this worked out in this case pretty well. So, you know, let's see what's going on. Let's see what's happening. And, you know, I'm glad that James Gunn has kind of been rehabilitated, so to speak, in the public eye, you know, I mean, because he's, he's a hell of a filmmaker and, you know, he's, he does interesting stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what he's doing on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just good for everybody. You know, good film is, is good for everybody making good films. This is not like about a, you know, DC Marvel rivalry, right? A rising tide raises all the boats. Yes. You know, if, if there's good comic book movies from either studio, that's only going to help the genre. That's only going to help the whole, the whole ball of wax. And, you know, who cares if, if actors go back and forth between both sides or playing different characters, who cares if directors go back and forth between both sides and playing and, and doing, doing their types of films on both sides. You know, who cares, right? You know, Taika Waititi's done Marvel. He's done Star Wars. Let him do DC. It'll be fine. And I think there's an appeal. Like, if I'm DC, my pitch to directors is, well, the formula over here isn't is going to be as rigid. You know, with the parameters will be a little bit wider for you to play around in. And for some directors, there's no handcuff at all. Go do what you want. Yeah. I mean, look look how successful the X-Men franchise was when they ignored continuity, you know? <sighs> and and especially the you know, the first couple of movies, you know, each movie kind of yeah, was connected. Yeah, they're the same characters, but they didn't really like nail down. Yeah. You know, oh well, in in X2 C5, you know, Wolverine said this, so he can't possibly do this, you know. They didn't they didn't really kind of tie into it all that much and didn't all necessarily really follow you know the whole timeline was kind of murky and yeah it's fine well i think right there with that is there wasn't this game plan of we have to have this super connected universe right you know um the dc tried to do that and it doesn't work i look back at like like spider-man um sam raimi it doesn't fall off the wheels until the third one. And that was like, what, heavy studio involvement? Right. And, and stuff getting out. Like, to me, Spider-Man 2 is probably one of the best comic book films ever. Yeah. No, Spider-Man 2 is definitely, uh, you know, a really great, fantastic film. And, and you know, I would, I would argue that the Mark Webb films are not, they're not bad. They're not. They are not as bad as people made those things out to be. Not nearly as bad. And I think it gets flack because it's not MCU. And fans kind of got to stop holding people up to that standard. Because if you want more MCU, go watch that. That is there. There's, what, over 23 films for you to see? There's stuff on Disney+. Plus. We now have What If? Let these other things be their own thing. And as long as it's quality, granted, like... DC deserves some criticism for some of the stuff they put out. But not all that stuff is as bad as everybody makes it out to be. When people complain about Man of Steel, it's like the film is visually phenomenal. The part where, you know, he tells Clark, don't come save me, I get it. Yeah, it was a little little sketchy. I know why I like it, because it's him as a dad trying to instill something in a guy to be a hero. And there could have, there was, there are better ways to do that. But the messaging came across very clear to me. The net snapping thing, debatable. I get why people don't like it, but outside of that, it's a great film. Yeah. I, I have no problem with it on, on a couple of levels. You know, I think, you know, one, because, you know, He's not really Superman at that point. Like he's still kind of trying to discover what his what his role is and what his identity is. I think after I think like that is the formative moment for him. You know and what he was Superman he for all those, he, a couple days. Yeah, where he decides you know okay this is not who I am. Yeah, this you is know? the line. This is the this line I'm not going to cross again. 
but also, you know, this moment of, you know, that, you know, what Zod didn't leave him a choice, really. No. You know, and I've heard never, people say, I'm never going to stop. I'm going to take them all from you. And I've heard people say, well, why didn't he fly up in the sky? Goes back to what you said. I'm not going to stop. Yeah. I can breathe in outer space like you. There weren't many options. Yeah. And there's no, you can't build a prison that'll hold him. Nope. You can't contain him. You just sent the people to the Phantom Zone and then blew that ship up. And and that, yeah. And you, you know, what are you, what are you going to hold him down with one foot while you rebuild the Phantom Zone? I mean, you know, what are you going to do in the meantime? Like you're in that moment. There's he, nothing that you can do other than to just to stop him. And the fact that, you know, and it gave you the, I, I think that scream is yes. such a great moment. Yes. You know, because it's like this idea of, I didn't want to do this. I don't want to kill him. He's my last connection to who I am. And I have to destroy him. I have to do this thing that I don't want to do. You know, yeah. you know, all this that comes down into that one moment. And I thought it was, I thought that moment was great. I don't have a problem with that moment at all. Nope. You know, it's like, oh, from murder to kill. Yeah, well, not anymore. You know, but, <laughs> And how do you, you know, do you think that warlord, how do you think he came out? <laughs> you think he went smashing through that wall and just brushed himself off? Yeah. And it's like, folks, some of these rules, these, a lot of these rules aren't written in stone. Can't no, it's like, the, it's like the Batman doesn't kill rule. Really? Uh, He's got machine guns on his car. And if what you didn't think, think that people were dying. For? What do you think those are for? <laughs> yeah. You know, he... he Threw a grenade at a dude, you know, the, yep. or, the, or even you go back to the early ones. What was it? Ba uh, Batman Returns or or there was the Valkyrie where like he booby trapped the Batmobile and the Batmobile blew up. And you, you know? even even in the Christian Bale one with Ra's al Ghul's, he's like, I, I don't have to save you. You let that dude die. Yeah. He was on a train and you let that man die. It's, it's, you're not so far away from and you killed him. Yeah, and you think everybody you think everybody got out of the house, you know, when when he burnt the house down? Do you oh, think I forgot that, about that. Yeah, do you you know, do you think that every, you know, all those all those all Ninjas? what happened to all of those henchmen? They're all of a sudden not there anymore. You know, I mean, yeah, it's just people just take this kind of, you know what? 66 Batman ain't the blueprint for Batman. No. But but to be fair, you know, a whole generation of people grew up and that was their Batman. So I mm -hmm. get it that, you know, that was and there was that whole, you know, kind of Silver Age run of comics where that was the case. But, you know, look at, you know, look at the old Batman movies, like the, the original kind of in the 50s Batman movies where he carried a gun <laughs> and and the, and the Golden Age comics where he carried a gun, you know. And then, you know, but, but, you know, the big popular things, the Silver Age stuff and the, and, and, you know, the 66 Batman, you know, that, that set the tone for a lot of people. And the same thing with Superman, you know, the, you know, the 1950s or 60s TV series, you know, the Silver Age comics where, you know, Superman didn't know wrong. He would not kill. He had all these rules yeah. where he was like this moral, you know, compass for everybody. You know, but that's not the film that Zack Snyder made. I think for my age range, that uh, 94 Batman the Animated Series formed a lot of people's idea of who this guy is. And that Batman is a jerk. He treats the Bat family like crap. Like absolute crap. And then, like, going back, I was watching this the other day. My son was like, damn, this is dark. There, there's heart there, too. And it's very, it's, to me, that is still my, you know, definitive version of Batman. Because he encompasses everything. Like, you get the weird with Clayface. But then you get the reality where he still battles, like, gangsters and mobsters. And that's one thing I miss from Batman. And I hope we get that in, um... Robert Pattinson's Batman. Yo, can this dude go back to fighting regular old gangsters and, and, and mobsters and drug dealers in the alleyway? And it doesn't always have to be this 
world ending event because he's a detective and I feel like a lot of the last few movies have you know forgotten about that you got little things here and there in the, in the Bell version but the dude is you know one of his titles is the world's greatest detective and I'd like to see that it doesn't always have to be you know whiz bang pow um, right well yeah and I th- I think they you know they obviously in the Nolan Batman movies kind of stepped away from that a bit I mean, there was a little bit of that kind of stuff, but not a lot. Um, you know, and then, you know, the Snyder stuff just kind of leaned more into that. You know, but I think that, yeah, I mean, it'd be good to go back to kind of more of the roots. And, and like you said, like more of just like, you know, you know, beating up mobsters kind of thing and, and dealing with, you know, crime in Gotham City. Yeah. Versus, you know, these, you know global intergalactic extinction level events that you know he's been thrust into lately and speaking of thrust into we are now thrust into the world of what if what did you think in marvel's foray into animation which hasn't always been Uh, their strong suit it has not always been their strong suit um I mean, and they've they've had their ups and they've had their downs. I mean, you know, you know, the original X Men animated series was was very good, you know, kind of very good, and and kind of uh, um, you know a standard. But I, I like this. Um, I liked. Uh, there's a couple things I really liked about it. You know, I liked the idea that, and and I hope this is this is what the theme of it's going to be, is. Um, and again, you know, big spoilers for this, right? So it's like they're taking something that's familiar to us and seeing like the one thing that changed, mm-hmm. you know, like when Peggy, you know, spotted the guy and Steve got hurt and then she decided to jump into the thing, into the, you know, and you hear the watcher say, you know, that's it. That's the moment. Yeah. That one decision. You know? that one decision created a new reality. Um, You know, and that's what I like, you know, what if this one thing was different, what would happen, you know? And, but, but also that it was just kind of like, like, like it paralleled the story that we know. Yeah. Like the train scene was, was the train scene, even, even like the, the assault on the fortress, like they literally had the exact same shot of, you know, them coming through the door. Yeah. You know, except instead of Steve, it was Peggy. And I like that. Um, Even though he was still scrawny, the relationship was there. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, obviously that was still a thing. She wasn't, you know, in love with him because, um, he was strong. He was, because he was strong. She was in love with him because she loved him. Right. And, you know, so that's cool. And the fact that you still had, you know, like Dum Dum Dugan and the Howling Commandos, and it was like all the same scenes, but just tweaked a little bit. Um, I thought I thought it was really clever and really well done. But like, I, I really got to ask, what the heck is Chris Evans got going on that he can't get into a freaking voice booth for a couple of days and be the only one out? I mean, they literally got everybody back. Chris Evans is too big for animation, baby. Really? We're here for live action only. Oh, man. Come on. Knives Out 2. Nope, nope. Way too big for cartoons. (laughs) I I don't know, man. I'm not mad at him because the guy that did him did a hell of a Steve Rogers impersonation. He, He really did. You know, like I wasn't expecting, you know, Hugo Weaving to come back, but they did get the guy who replaced him. You uh, know? The guy from Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who who played him in Infinity War and and uh, and Endgame. You know, but they had. I mean, um, well, they also replaced Donnie Downey Jr. is not back either, though. They also, but Iron Man wasn't in this for the no, for, but for his. Ep- I looked at the oh, for his episode. Casting, he's not back. Yeah, he's not yeah. back either. All right, so I guess whatever. Nah, he wanted he wanted his Iron Man money. 
And they didn't have Tommy, and obviously they didn't have Tommy Lee Jones back. Nah, but it was. I mean, when I when I saw when I saw, you know, what the opening credits, and I saw you know Bradley Whitford in there, I was like, oh, they're bringing his character back from Agent Carter. But no, he was playing the Colonel. He did the voice for the Colonel. No, nah, it, um, it was very well done. Um, I thought it was really well done. I mean, the I, I like the animation style. Um. You know, it's very reminiscent of like, you know, those like 80s and 90s, you know, cartoons kind of thing. But also it felt very comic booky. Yeah. Um, you know, so I thought that was great. I, you know, I thought the voice cast was really fantastic. I liked the way they did it. I mean, I liked that it was long. It was meaty. You know, it was, you know, like 30 minutes and or more, right? It was like 33 minutes. You know, I liked the... I like all that. I think I'm looking forward to, to watching what they do with this. I don't think she comes back because in the IMD, uh, IMBD, IMDb, she's only listed for one episode. Yeah, I think I think this they told this story. This is not, from what I understand, this is this is uh, it's an anthology. This is not like a continuing story. This is what if this one thing was different? You know, so what if? Peggy had done, you know, Peggy had gotten in the thing and taken the serum. You know, the next one's going to be, what if T'Challa went to space? Or, or however that's going to turn out. What if, you know, everything's just going to be like that one thing. I think it's going to be that one thing is different. What would have happened? You know? Um, and I think Jeffrey Wright is a great choice to, to do the voice of the Watcher. But it's funny, like, that's another example of someone that's doing, a, you know, something in DC, but also doing something in Marvel. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you also see they've got a working title for the uh, Batman HBO spinoff? It's going to be Arkham, and it's oh, really? going to focus on the corruption within the uh, the Gotham PD. And oh, Titans! So as of you know, heads up, folks, we're recording this on a Wednesday, August eleventh. Titans season three drops Thursday, August twelfth, and I am very excited because we're going to be get getting Red Hood, um, one of my favorite characters. Really? Yes. Um, Interesting. So we'll basically be getting a mix, a, a ver- their version of Death in the Family. Okay. Bruce is leaving Gotham in the hands of uh, Nightwing, and Nightwing is pretty much you know asking the Titans to help him. You know, patrol Gotham, and I'm not a fan. wasn't a fan of the guy that was playing um Jason Todd, and now he's playing uh Red Hood. And he's a little short, but I mean, I'm just I should just be happy that I'm getting a live action version of this. So to, you know, good times for fans of of superhero stuff. Another thing, have you ever read uh Why the Last Man? No. So it's essentially a story about a man who's the last man on earth, and but this uh, population of, of women have survived, and it's like this post-apocalyptic story. It's, uh, it's I think it's FX is doing a live-action version. Uh-huh. You have to check out the trailer; it looks phenomenal. What's it called? Why the Last Man? It it looks absolutely phenomenal. Oh, so that is something I'm looking forward to watching this fall, because you know summer's to me summer is done after the Fourth of July, and now we are pretty much done with summer. We get to all gear up for our fall shows uh-huh. and hunker down because I think we will be hunkering down again. Um. Well, it certainly seems that way. I mean, you know, where we are here in Connecticut, um, several of the uh, municipalities have reenacted. Uh, mask mandates um unfortunately our our governor um you know whether i agree with him or disagree with him on a lot of issues he's not an idiot when it comes to this stuff and uh you know there we're not in one of those states where the state where the governor's trying to stop towns from taking care of their people Uh, we see your numbers so so new haven you know had one a couple weeks ago bridge for it Started this week. Stanford starts tomorrow. Hartford. Uh, 
Hartford, you know, this, all the cities. Um, so we're seeing, you know, we're seeing a bit of a bubble. Um, the good news is, and, you know, obviously I'm not an epidemiologist or a virologist, but, you know, and, and you're, there's so much noise and there's so much information, but I've been trying to, to read about, you know, the trajectory of this Delta variant in places like Britain and in Italy where they've had it earlier. And it seems to be the, you know, the backside of it's pretty steep as well. Um, I don't think we've hit the peak yet, but, but it seems to kind of go away as fast as it comes. Um, and then um, Gottlieb and some other guys have been talking about how they, you know, they don't think unless there's a, a very peculiar mutation. Um, and by the way, this Delta variant was a very predictable mutation. Um, the, uh, the worst is probably over and we're probably through the winter. Um, we're probably not going to have much in the way of a resurgence, which is good news. I'll take it. Um, anything else you want to bring up? Anything you've been watching that's interesting? Um, just a few things. I mean, have you been, have you been watching the Bad Batch at all? Not one. I'm. I have come to find in the past few months, I am not as big of a Star Wars fan as I thought I was. Um, yeah, just staying in my comic book bubble. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Um, you know, it's kind of a kind of a continuation of uh of the Clone Wars story. It basically. It basically tells the story of the phasing out of the clones um, to the stormtroopers and how that kind of worked. Um, and so it's so it's 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 interesting and it's it's very well acted um, and the stories are really kind of interesting. I think there's one more episode this season, um, but I think there's definitely going to be a second season. So if if you are more of a Star Wars fan than Randell is, you may want, and you haven't seen it, you may want to uh, check it out. Um, and this is a good time to do it because you have, um, you know, all but one episode, um, the final one dropping next Friday for the season finale. Um, but it's it's. Yeah, I've I've really been enjoying it. Really been looking forward to it. Um, and then the other thing is, I went to see uh, Jungle Book, Jungle Cruise. I keep saying Jungle Book. How did you like Jungle it? Jungle Cruise. It was um, it was entertaining. It was a lot of fun. Um, it's very to me. It was very very reminiscent of like. Um the first couple of pirates of the Caribbean kind of, it's kind of a cross between the mummy and the first pirates of the Caribbean movie. I'd say it's probably the best way I I'd say to do it in terms of the story uh, and the plot points. It's almost identical to the curse of the black pearl, like beat for beat. Who did, was, um, did it? Was anybody that was involved with pirates of the Caribbean involved with this? Probably. I mean, they're both Disney projects and they're both, you know, taking ride taking theme park rides and making them into movies so i'm sure there's a lot of people who were involved in it um you know at, at some level to uh to kind of you know cross things over and 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 that's not necessarily a dig one i love curse of the black crow but also it's um you know it's it's kind of a interesting take on the Jungle Cruise, and you know Emily Blunt is fantastic in it. Um, you know the Rock is the Rock is the Rock, and I think they had a pretty decent amount of chemistry. And you know there's a lot of fun. The effects were great. Um, you know this, it was pretty fast paced, pretty you know a good clip. You know moved along. We had we had a good time watching it. Do you really believe he's had talks with Kevin Feige about joining MCU? Do I believe what? 
he's really had talks with Kevin Feige about joining the MCU. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, The Rock has always had, or Dwayne Johnson, he's always had a really good relationship with Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's done a bunch of Disney movies. And, you know, so I think it would be natural to, you know, as he's kind of, you know, walking around the halls, kind of speak, um, to have conversations. And, and why would why would he not? You know, we were just talking about who cares if people cross over and, and work for both studios. Why, why would he not want to? No, I get why he wants to. I just think they want people that can act. Okay, I mean, I guess that's fair, but I mean, I guess that's fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's not Olivier, but he's not he's not terrible in all the things that he does. He's better than some of the people. I mean, you know, we don't know. Um, you know, you got all these upcoming movies and stuff, and you know, I mean, they. They t- I, I I'd say they took a chance on on Florence Pugh, but she's been in other stuff and she's good. Um, I mean, Simu Liu, I don't you know, I don't know how good he's going to be. I bet he can act. Uh, I probably. How many people do they we'll have? Find that out. Can't act. Like, say what you want about Batista. The dude had me convinced in uh, Blade Runner. <laughs> Yeah, and not only that, I think he was great in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like he's got some chops. Yeah, you know, in terms of uh, of you know making making me laugh. I you know, Drax has some great stuff in there. Um, but but to that point, like I don't think like Palm Clementoff is really like this fantastic actor. You know, um, I. The only thing I can see this dude playing is Ben Grimm. Who? The Rock. And I'm just really not to be a pun intended. I'm but not. I'm not feeling Ben Grimm. Yeah, you know what? Because he has scenes where he has to be like loving, and I don't know if he can pull that off. <laughs> it's funny. Cloud. Do you ever see um Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married? What What's it called? Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married? No. Not a uh, big Tyler Perry guy. There's a scene at the end. So Janet Jackson's husband dies. And she has a book signing. And her friend's like, oh, I want you to meet somebody. And she turns her head and it's The Rock. And then I always wondered why he never came back for that film. Two of my working theories is he's very smart about his roles. He takes really like middle, middle down the road roles. He's not trying to lean one way or the other. Second... Part of me is looking at it's Tyler Perry, looking at him like, I don't have the best actors, but this dude would not be able to pull off romance at all. Like, he just, yo, he don't do it for me in anything. Yeah. He is literally, and this is the same guy in every single role. Yeah, that's true. Like I, I'm very. You don't. You don't think like he could pull off like Namor? No, no, God, no. Have you read that's, Namor that's, lately? That's what no. I've been hearing. Like they're no. talking about. No, it's it, you've seen the reports of that dude from Narcos. Which one? Um, I think his last name is Huerta or something. There were some reports a while ago that maybe like a month ago that right. it's, it's some guy that was in, in Narcos. And that apparently he's the antagonist in, in Black Panther. I don't know how much weight there is to it, but no, him Namor, Lord no. Oh, uh, Tenakurta. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that'd be interesting. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what they would. I mean, Marvel's pretty deep. Um, like, does he need to come in there? No. Let him be Black Bolt. He ain't got to talk. I mean, they've already they've already done Black Bolt. That doesn't count. That was and not a Feige. Anson Mount was pretty good. I'd rather see Anson Mount do it than The Rock. That was not a Feige produced thing. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, 
but but it was but it was good. It, it just doesn't exist. I don't even know that what you're talking about. Because you, you, did you see uh, James Gunn? He said none of that uh that TV stuff counts. Uh, I don't know. I mean they they made a pretty heavy Agents of Shield reference in Ultron. So who what? If it wasn't on Disney Plus, doesn't count. It is on Disney Plus. No, 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 no. The new stuff. Oh. Um, folks, I think that's it. Very good episode. We will be back next week with some more What If. And I'm going to try to figure out this Shane Chi Chi. Uh, hopefully, you know, I'll wake up and it's on Premiere Access and I don't have to go to movie theaters. Will you be going to the movie theaters to see it? Um, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Folks, wash your hands, wipe your butt, wear a mask, please. Don't be, don't, don't be stupid. Yeah, that. Peace. Out.